Hello everyone, this is Kyle Galaz with Poor to Pro Car Sales Training. Extremely excited about the third episode. The first two episodes went great, uh, turning lookers into buyers, not buyers into lookers. And then the second episode was talking about how to bounce back from a bad sales month. Got good feedback on those. I appreciate your guys' support so far. Uh, we're only three episodes into this now with this one, and I'm having a lot of fun. My goal is to turn you into a 100000 plus a year car salesman. Whatever you're making right now, we need to get you to six digits. If you're already making six digits, then we need to get you to $200,000 a year. In the car sales business, 100000 a year is so doable. You may not be making that right now and think that's impossible, but it's not. It's actually quite easy doing the right steps and having the right work ethic. Today, we're going to be talking about holding gross. How do you hold gross? The guys that are making over 100000 a year are the guys that full pop deals all the time. Every once in a while, there's gonna have you're gonna have that deal that you got to give away, and it's just a mark, and it might be a mini. But the the key is to only have a a mini or two a month, and the rest are pounders, right? Holding gross is how we do that, not giving it away. You've earned that money, and you're gonna get it. Your dealerships earn that money. Your dealership has massive overhead, so if you just give away cars, you're you're hurting your paycheck, but you're also hurting the dealership to provide, you know, more jobs and better amenities and whatever, upgrades, more inventory. So think about the big picture. Bigger paycheck, better facility to work at, happier managers. All right, let's start with uh, this this subject of holding gross. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you a second to think about it. When does holding gross begin? Take a moment. When does holding gross begin? I've been doing this 20 years. I've been a sales trainer. I'm currently a sales manager that does sales training, podcasting. I love it. I was a salesman for 15, 17 years. We're going to talk about holding gross. The answer is the moment you greet the customer. That's when holding gross starts. Does that sound right? Or does the holding gross start at the desk? When you got your first pencil. Nope, it's too late. Too late if you've waited to the desk to start trying to hold gross. The customer's going to chew you up and spit you out, and you're going to be at the mercy of the customer. Right? So here's how it starts. First, holding gross starts at, at meeting the greeting the customer with how you present yourself. You are a car sales professional that's worth over 100000 a year. That's a career car salesman it's not just a job to you it's a career that is a professional and when you greet that customer you got good posture you got good tone and you can basically say you're in control without saying it by the way you greet a customer with confidence welcoming and telling a dealership story and telling your story customers like knowing who they're doing business with and when you tell them, hey, the dealership's been here for 50 years, the owner started off as a as a, a lot attendant washing cars, and he built his way through the ranks. The owner of this dealership knows the grind, and that's why I like working here, Mr. Customer, because I like working for a guy that's 
for the people that started off with nothing and wasn't born with a silver spoon. You know, whatever story your dealership has, find it out. Go talk to your general sales manager. Go talk to the owner. Figure out how the dealership started. Because when you tell that story to build value with your customer in the dealership, they the, the dealership they just left, that salesman didn't tell them that. So they just think they're doing business with some regular old dealership. But when they come to your dealership and find out a nice story about how the dealership started and you do it in a professional way that's quick, they like that because they want to know who they're doing business with. I want to know who I'm doing business with. And so do you. And then you also tell them your story. Yeah, I worked as a school teacher for 10 years and I decided I wanted to get into car sales because I love people. I love I love cars. It just made sense. Right? So you got to have a story for yourself, a truthful story that's genuine. People will see value in that if it's a genuine story because they didn't get that from the other dealership. Okay? Also, the steps of the sale. Let's get let's talk about that real quick. Holding growth starts at the beginning because that's the start of the steps of the sale. If you skip the steps of the sale, your gross will go down. I'll explain how that works. There is a formula in the steps of the sale, and you cannot skip the steps. Remember, this is your dealership. You got hired there. You represent millions of dollars of inventory. This is your house. That customer is not going to tell you how to how you do business. That customer is not going to dictate the steps of the sale. He's not. The customer doesn't get to tell you, I don't want to test drive it. I've, I've driven them before. Nope. Sorry. I'm the professional. This is my job to help you. And I'm going to do the steps of the sale. Because there is a psychological thing that happens in the steps of the sale that builds value, which in the end holds gross. Okay? Building value in yourself is just as important as building value in the car. Okay? So after you do the meet and greet... And you're building a friend and building rapport and asking the right questions. Get you know doing a proper needs assessment. Now you're doing a proper product presentation, aka a walk around. You got all the doors open, the trunk open, and the hood open, and the car started or the truck. Why does that build value to hold gross doing a proper walk around? Because they didn't get that service from the other dealership. Always assume that customer left the other dealer, your competitor's dealership. And now they're coming to you and you got to put on the show, right? So doing that proper walk around, opening the doors, um, starting the car, showing them the features, going the step further of pairing their phone so they can hear their favorite song. One of the things I would do when I would uh, sell a Maserati, which that client is not easy, but I full popped a lot of Maseratis and this is how I did it. Um, When I would sit in the car with the customer, I would have them pair their phone. I'd show them how to do it. Let them push the screen and do all that. And then I would have them, I would tell them, I I want you to pull up on your phone your favorite song. And if they were an older couple and they didn't have music, then I would say, tell me your favorite song. I want to play it through the speakers. And I'd shut the doors. I'd pair it up. And then we'd put on their song. One customer picked Bohemian Rhapsody. And we rocked out to the whole song, listening to the Bowers and Wilkins audio system. And the guy's face was just glowing right so if you're going to sell a hundred thousand dollar suv you better build that value so high that it surpasses the value of the car and then you get full price that's part of holding gross so whether you're selling a ford focus or a maserati or whatever mercedes the value of the car has to surpass the price that's how you hold gross and by doing that 
by doing the proper steps of the sale, when you get into the desk with the first pencil from your manager, you're going to sell at full price. Okay, so let's continue our journey here. So you did a proper presentation, you paired up their phone, you listened to a song together, and now you're on the test drive. Don't let the customer go on a test drive by themselves. If your dealership allows it, they're missing out on sales and they're missing out on gross. Take it from me. Go on the test drive with the customer. Remember, your sales manager is good at desking deals. Your general sales manager has a college degree and he's smart at running a business. But they're not, maybe not great trainers. That's why you're here and I'm proud of you for finding me because we're going to smash together. Okay. So go on the test drive with the customer because on the test drive, you guys are going to talk about stuff. You don't want to be a jabber mouth. Let the customer bring stuff up. But here's, here's what happens on a test drive. Customer is going to be driving. He's going to look at the traction control button. And he's going to be like, hey, what's that button do? And then you get to explain it. You just built more value. You just held more gross. You're going to see this tree that fell over and hit the freeway. Oh, my gosh. What the heck happened there? Lightning bolt hit it or something right? You're building value in yourself because the customer is going to realize, man, this guy's just like me. He's not some sleazeball car salesman trying to take my money. And then you're going to drive by the school and he's going to say, I used to go to school there. And you're going to be like, dude, I went to school there. What year? Right? Building value in yourself. That's just as important as the vehicle. So go on the test drive with the customer, build a friend on the test drive. Don't talk too much. If the husband and wife are up front, let them talk. When they have questions, then you talk. Don't jabber the whole time. Let them talk. Let them get a feel for it. But go on the test drive with it because they're going to have questions. If you think, well, if they have questions on the test drive, when they come back, they can ask me. I'm not going to go on the test drive with them. By the time they get back, they will have forgotten that button that they were going to ask about. Or what does this thing do over here on the in the dash? Right? They have forgotten now because now they're thinking, oh, boy, i got to work numbers. So always go on the test drive. When you get back from the test drive, get them in your office. Get them inside the showroom. If there's that awkward silence of they're nervous, they know they want to buy the car, but they don't want to say, well, let's go work the numbers. And you're nervous because if you ask, hey, do you want to see what the numbers are going to be? You're afraid they're going to say no. So you guys have this awkward standoff. So you need to figure out a way to get them in the showroom. Here's what I would do each and every time there was that awkward standoff. Now, if a customer said, well, let's see what the payments are going to be. I'd say, come on in. You never want to slow a customer down, but you don't want to let them skip any steps. Whenever I had that awkward moment of, if I asked the customer, hey, do you want to see numbers? I know that type of customer is going to say, well, we're just looking today. Okay. So if you detect that, that might be the answer you get. Then don't ask, do you want to see the numbers? Okay. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to use this as an example and you're going to figure something out at your dealership because every dealership is different. So we have this coffee machine at our dealership that does cappuccinos, slappuccinos, frappuccinos. It does everything. It does uh, chai lattes, lattes. It does everything. So what I would do is I would say, hey, I forgot to tell you this, but I've got to show you this thing my dealership invested in. It was like eight grand and I want you to try something from it. Customers love free stuff. What are they going to say to that? It was 100% effective rate. I never had a customer say, oh, I don't want to see the $8,000 investment that you want to give me something for free. It never happened. It worked 100% of the time. I had that customer that had that awkward silence. They would come in. I would I'd put the cup right where the machine is, and I would say, pick out a flavor and come meet me at my desk right there. 
and and they would push a button. I'd hear the machine going. I'd walk to my desk, and I would never look at them them again until they came to my desk because if I looked at them, then they would say, oh, come here. Well, I think we're just going to go look around. So I never looked at them. What I would do is I'd sit at my desk, and the customer would wander over because now they're like, well, I got to tell them if we're going to leave or not. I'd say, oh, have a seat before they'd say anything. Have a seat, and I'd pull the chairs out, and they'd sit down. Right, so you got to find a reason for that customer to come inside if there's that awkward silence. If you know that customer wants the car and they've told you on the test drive, man, I just if you can get me to three fifty a month, you're not going to have to use a, that technique or a form of that technique. You're just going to say, "Come on and let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can get that payment where you want it to be." Or if they've talked about, "Hey, I don't know if I'm upside down in my trade or not." on the test drive or somewhere in the process, you're going to say, hey, come on in, let's have a seat. I'm going to get your keys and get the appraisal started. So that's different. But if you ever have that awkward silence, use a trick like that. All right, got off the subject a little bit. Okay, let's get back to it, holding gross. You got the customer inside. If I'm going to assume up until this up until this point, you've done everything right in the uh, the sales process, the steps of the sale, proper meet and greet, proper needs assessment, proper building rapport, proper walk around, proper test drive. You've built so much value. Remember this. If you take anything from this, remember this. The harder you work on the lot, the more um, value building you do on the lot, the easier it is inside. Okay? The more you do on the lot, the easier it is inside when you work the numbers. The less you do on the lot, the harder it is on, on the desk in the numbers in the numbers on the desk. Did I say that backwards? Okay. Remember that if you skip steps and you speed through everything and you just go around the block real quick on the test drive and not properly try out the four-wheel drive and all that, then when you come inside, it's going to be a grind. But if you do everything right on the outside, you built a friend, you built rapport, you showed them the car, you showed them all the buttons, you paired up the phone, you went on a killer test drive, you tested out everything. When you come back, holding gross, is going to be extremely easy. Remember this also. When the value surpasses the price, it's a slam dunk. So building value in yourself, you got to imagine my two hands in front of me and they're they're equal lengths right now. They're right in front of each other. And one is value and one is price, right? If I didn't build any value and my hand is lower on the value side than the price, you're screwed because now the price has to come down to meet the value. Wish I had the camera on right now so you can see this. <clears throat> if the value surpasses the uh, the price of the vehicle, then it's a slam dunk because the customer says, "Holy moly, they're only asking fifteen grand for this. This thing should be twenty three grand." That's how you get full pop because the value passed the the price of the vehicle. Remember that the value has to surpass the price. If you didn't do a good enough job out there, then the price has to come down to meet the value. Man, that's so good. Freaking love that because it works. Up until that point, you've done everything right. Now you have your first pencil, and it's a scary pencil. The trade's not worth much. You're asking full price, right? If it's scary and you don't have that confidence, it's because you're lacking something that you did outside or you didn't build some value or you didn't build a friend because now you're scared to go out there with this number because you probably didn't do a good enough job outside. But if you get that that pencil from the man, manager and you're like, easy, and you come out and sit down, guess what's going to happen? 
the customer is going to say, well, is that the best you can do? And you're going to be like, yeah, this thing's incredible. What an incredible car. Didn't you love the way it drove? Isn't it awesome? Okay. And then you're going to switch over to payments from there. You're going to go through the numbers like a professional. You're not going to just show them the numbers and put it back in the folder. This is how I want you to go over the numbers. Every dealership's a little bit different in your write-up. Some places use four squares. Some people use uh, different CRM systems that print differently. But the moral of the story is there's going to be an amount finance at the very bottom of it. So you're going to go through the numbers like this. Here's the price of the vehicle, $14,999. Here is the uh, tax rate for where we live, whatever that is. It's $490 or whatever it is. Here's the dock fee. And here is your out the door amount finance. And you're going to flip that paper over after they see that number and you're going to talk about financing. Now, our banks allow us to go anywhere from 24 months up to 60, even 72 if you have really good credit. Sometimes they let you go even farther. Uh, but what we do is we figure out, okay, here's the customer's credit information. We're not going to send you to a bunch of banks. We don't want to affect your credit score. But we find the key banks that are going to give us the very best interest rates. And we show you payments at these 60 or 72. And then you can determine, hey, honey, what do you think? Let's go with the 72 months. Remember, you can always pay it off early. But at least I give you a few options. And they're going to usually nod like, yeah, that sounds fair. And then I grab that paper and I stick it in the file and I get right to the credit app because I've given them the numbers. I've given them all my sweat equity. I'm exhausted at this point from how good of a walk around and demonstration drive I did. And the customer knows that. So they're not going to argue with the price. Now, a default thing a customer says is, well, can you can you do better price than that? Or, well, the other dealerships, you know, doing a thousand off or two thousand off or five thousand off here's what i say to that every time john i understand that but i don't represent their inventory i don't represent their cars or their dealership all i represent is my vehicles and my work ethic and this is what it takes to buy this car now here's what i can promise you i will make it as easy as possible with the financing the interest rates and the payments because in the end it's about payment you can grind me on price, and I've had customers grind me for hours and hours on price, and then we get the payment, and they're like, I can't afford that. Well, then why did you beat me up for two hours <laughs> on the price if I, if the payments are too high? So I always, and this goes for my household too, because my wife and I always look at our budget, and we have told each other, hey, if we can get this car payment to this number, we're buying the car. I never tell my wife or my wife talks to me and says, if we can get to 14.5 out the door and have a astronomically high payment, I might consider the car or, you know, it, it doesn't make sense that way. So if you're going to beat me up on price, let me at least see the payments first. And the customer is always going to say, cause they've, you've done everything right into that point is say, all right, that sounds fair. Now, if the customer is paying cash, that's a little different, right? Cause now it's truly about this guy's about to stroke a check. So he's going to ask for whatever amount off. So what? any time I have a customer, and this is exactly what I tell him, okay? I wish I had a real customer in front of you, me so I could show you, but this is what I tell customers verbatim. Mr. Customer, if you're going to make me an offer, which I totally get, everyone on the planet wants a good deal and I wouldn't expect any less. You have to understand the way we do deal, the, the way our dealership does business is by fair and reasonable offers. 
Okay, so if you're expecting thousands off, I don't want to set you up for failure and say, oh yeah, my customer wants 3,000 off, we can do that. It's not how it works here. Um, so whatever offer you're about to make, make sure it's fair and reasonable. We deal in hundreds here, not thousands. And then I let the customer digest that for a moment. And if the customer says, well, guy down the street, you know, it's taking five grand off. Then I go to the, I don't represent their inventory. I only represent mine and I know how we do business. And this is why we're so successful is because we don't gouge people. We deal in just hundreds of dollars. So if you're asking for two or 300 bucks off, I will always go to my manager and ask. But if you're expecting thousands off, then we're probably at an impasse here. And then you let the customer stew on that for a bit because First, he believes you because you've done everything right into that point. Remember, holding growth starts at the beginning. So when you speak to him at this point of the process, he believes you. 100% the customer knows, I am dealing with a professional and I believe this guy. Because how he just you've done everything right. There's a word in the car business called reciprocity. You can look it up. Basically... Um, if I give my customer my first and last name, subconsciously, subconsciously he's going to give me his first and last name. Whatever I give, the customer will give. Look up that word, reciprocity, and apply it to every car deal you do because when you learn this word reciprocity, you will hold gross. Okay, I wish I could take you through, you know, physically show you and train you, but all I have is this podcast to train you. But the more sweat equity I give my customers, the harder it is to, to walk away from the deal and the harder it is for the customer to grind and grind and grind because I've done everything right. Just remember, you've done everything right to this point. You earned that money, okay? And you've said all the right things. We deal in hundreds, not thousands. I don't represent those other dealerships' cars or, or the dealership or the way they do business. If they can do thousands off, that means they're Bumping the prices thousands, and I don't want to do business there, and I certainly don't think you would. Wouldn't you want to do a, de- a business with a dealership that sells this many cars a month that only makes a little bit per car, and we we make up by volume? Whether that's true or not, it's okay to say that because volume could be thirty units a, a month for your dealership or two thousand a month for your dealership. Your volume is your volume. Okay, so. Now here's what I need you to do when you're when you're doing your your pencil with your customer. Is first your tone is very important. Think about the tone I use when I was telling the customer those closes. Um <clears throat> and your eye contact is important. When you're staring someone down eye to eye in a very respectful way, you're the boss, man. You are the professional. You can't go to a dentist and tell a dentist how you want your teeth done. The dentist knows you're going to trust the dentist. And when the dentist says, hey, this is what we got to do to fix your pain, what are you going to argue? Nope, fix it. Same thing in the car business. If you represent yourself as a business professional, when it comes down to the numbers, they are not going to argue because you're the professional. They are the amateur. You sell more cars in a month than they'll buy in an entire lifetime. You are the professional. Remember that. You're the sales titan. You're the guy that's making six digits a year. I'm the guy that's making six digits a year. So remember that when you're doing your clothes. Now, there's things out of our control. They got a 490 score and they're 10 grand flipped. We're kind of screwed in that scenario, right? You can't close that deal because the banks aren't going to do it. 
you might be able to get them to say yes. But remember some of these scenarios um, that you got to give yourself a break on. The customer literally only has $10,000 left in their account to buy this car. And they don't want to finance. And your car is fourteen nine, and they thought they were going to get 5000 off. And they don't want to finance because they're not working. I don't know the scenario, but there's certain things out of your control. So remember those and don't beat yourself up about those. We're talking about the customer that can buy, has good credit, or is approvable, but wants to grind on you. Okay? When you do a job so well and you represent the numbers very professional, when when the part comes about talking about payment and let's get your credit, they're just going to go right along with you. They truly are. Um, that's really all I wanted to cover in this podcast. There's so many little things. There's so many more things that that uh, hold gross. But remember this. When the value surpasses the price of the vehicle, you get full sticker. That value has to surpass it. Building the value is building value in yourself, your dealership, even your manager. You can say, I used to use this all the time. I'd point out my manager that sat behind me behind this glass wall. I would say, that's the manager that gave me a shot, and I'm honored to work here. I love this dealership, and I'm thankful for that manager to give me my shot. And customers would always look at my manager behind me and wave, and he'd wave back because they knew that that was the guy that's going to be working my numbers. And uh, I built value in my dealership. This is what I would do. I'd build a ton of value in me, my dealership, my sales manager, and I built so much value in my walk-around and uh, test drive that when I got to the desk, it was easy. I had the highest gross average at my dealership for the last two years before I was a sales manager. Two years in a row at this particular dealership, highest average gross for the entire year, two years in a row. So I know what I'm doing and I want to help you know what you're doing, especially if you're new um, or even old in the car business. It doesn't matter. Remember, we're students all the time. We're students of the game. I'm proud of you guys for listening to this podcast and I hope to see you in the next one or, or leave some comments. If you need help with a certain subject, uh, message me or, or leave a comment so I can go over that in the next podcast. I appreciate you guys. All of us are going to go to the top and make six digits. Remember, Porta Pro Car Sales Training, become a sales titan. This is Kyle Galaz. I appreciate you. Bye.